Out of the cave and into the light, I survived the coronavirus. I'm one of the blessed ones who survived the coronavirus attack. Only a few weeks ago, I was convalescing, confronted by the attack of this virus, which is dreadful. There were, of course, moments of tension and anxiety, and there should be moments of tension and anxiety, because we're talking about life itself, death itself at play, and the realization that there are a million things out of our control every moment of every day. If you want to know gory details, it all started with muscular pains, which I can only compare with pain I suffered years ago after running the London Marathon and fevers hovering around 40 degrees. I lost five kilos in the space of a week. But what got me through this trance, to the extent that I am here now, blessed be the name of the Lord, enjoying this splendid afternoon in my beloved London, glorious sun pouring through my window while I record this conversation with you? My faith. My faith in God first and foremost, my giant appetite for life as well, and the beautiful, constant support of my family and friends. I received hundreds of messages of support with many people praying for me, asking God for me and my health all over the world, because I have precious friends across the globe, and to once again attest their generosity of spirit was something beautiful. I cannot go into more detail because it would take hours to do so. But with my calloused, all-sea-wolf hands, I want to pull out three or four pearls from this treasure chest of my experience with the virus, and I present them to you with my sincere affection now. One. This is a time to come out of ourselves. Confinement locks us in, but pushes us beyond our limits. What a paradox that locked in the silence or <laughs> the mild insanity of our homes and families, we can travel much further, higher or lower than ever before. Now, which of the two options will we choose? Will we continue to climb to the top, aiming to reach the summit? Or will we fall lower than ever until we disappear into the blackness at the bottom of the cliff? Falling is a natural thing, the most natural thing, and we don't even need to plan for it. All we need to do to fall is nothing. Let go of the wheel, surrender, give up, stop fighting. We are going to the summit, to the top. This is a time for us to think of others, and especially those who are in greater danger and need than we are. Our doors may be shut, but our hearts don't need to be. That will force us to see beyond our little world, our limited experiences, and allow us to go into an inner space that is practically without limits. And look how we keep stumbling into paradoxes, that we have to go out into an inner space. 
There are thousands upon thousands of innocent people like you and me dying in the world right now, at this very moment, at the hands of an invisible enemy. We are facing a relentless predator of the human race. An enemy that no one is safe from, beyond all ideology, religion, or gender, race, culture, or language. An enemy that could kill us regardless of our financial success or academic achievements, or how many likes we have on Instagram. If these circumstances don't give us the mental, emotional, and spiritual latitude, the brain and the heart to think about humankind, and not only of ourselves, to feel and discover ourselves to be part of something so much higher, much more complex, much more sublime than ourselves. If this doesn't do it, what is going to have to happen for us to open our eyes, our minds, our hearts? I do hope this is not the case. This is a moment to expand out of ourselves, thinking about those who are in greater danger and need than you and I, in poorer countries than ours, in situations that are much more desperate than ours, in families, violent and toxic families, very different from ours. Imagine we are all locked up at home. And what about all those children in violent, corrupt, drug, alcohol or sex abusing families? Children for whom their own family is their greatest calamity and their clear and present danger, when it should be their source of life. Their oasis at the end of the day, their refuge. There are too many rotten, dysfunctional, toxic families that visit the ugliest crimes, abuse and violence on their own children. And on disabled and vulnerable people, older people. And of course on women, and many men too. Because there is also a lot of abuse of men by women. After all, power corrupts women too. Now thanks to this pandemic, all these victims are locked in with their abusers 24-7. Locked in with their abusers 24-7. Let that sink in for a minute as a spiritual exercise on compassion. What can they do? What can we do? This is a time for us to think and pray for them every single day, every single meal as we pray and thank God for our meal. We should be thinking of them and praying for them and do whatever we can to protect and restore them. Two. Animation. Inspiration. Anima, as in animation, means soul, breath of life. Let us infuse all those with whom we come into contact with the breath of life. Let's animate them, inspire them. This is a divine gift. This is God's role in creation, to create and then breathe life into that creation. But guess what? We are created in the image and likeness of God, and therefore we share, we possess, we embody the image and likeness of God himself. Amazing! God in his far-fetched unbridled goodness has made us so like him that we possess many of his attributes, such as breathing life into someone else. 
May those around us be comforted, inspired, excited, animated when they talk to us. If not, we lost the game. We failed. We lost our chance to manifest our divine nature, our opportunity to be healers, not destroyers of others. To in-spirit, to animate, to inspire life into someone else. May everyone we come into contact with return home smiling with our precious gift of life in their hands. Three, we must simplify our lives. Here's the third idea, the toughest one for me. Now is the time to simplify our lives to make them more productive. Just as we need to prune our plants so they give us more and better flowers, we need to frequently prune our life, our habits, our diet, our readings, our distractions, our relationships, the friendships we're forming so that we give more and better flowers. Let's discard all those things that are stunting and dwarfing our growth, everything that may be a parasite to us, to our souls, from our diet and distractions to our possessions and relationships. If it's not healthy and healing, it has to go. Let's be very brave and ask ourselves, If I died today, what would survive of me? And then following from that, what is it about me that I would be ashamed for others to discover when I'm gone? These are not rhetorical questions, nor are they idle ones. These are questions that I asked myself very recently and with vital urgency. I was on the threshold with my nose to the door of this dilemma just a few weeks ago. The million-dollar question, which, if answered correctly, will yield us much more than a million dollars, is, what if I died today? What is left of me? What is left of me if I die today? And this brings other questions. What am I dragging? What has stopped me from what I need to do in life? Not my company, not my business, not my parents, not my friends. What I need to do in life. What is my mission as I journey through this world? What is it that pushes me to waste my talent and energy, my already limited time on this planet? Gossiping on social media every hour? Catching up on Netflix? Losing myself in pornography? thinking I look very cool by supporting hatred and resentment of others on the left and on the right. Now is the time to clean up. Let's simplify our lives. Let's cleanse our minds, our hearts, our physical spaces and our bodies of what is unhealthy and unprofitable. We have received a beautiful reminder to do this today. The proximity of death is that beautiful reminder. Memento mori. Remember death. So, carpe diem, seize the day. Like sailors caught in a storm, we are throwing all the ballast overboard because otherwise we sink. Now is the time to go through every room, shelf, and drawer in the house and think, this I don't really want to keep anymore, although it was handy at the time. This is something I always thought I might need someday. But frankly, 
I'm not going to fool myself like that anymore. Now it goes out of my life, out of my nose, out of my space. This is the time to do all this cleansing and decluttering inside and out. And finally, Four, let's get out of the cave and into the light. Remember Plato's myth or allegory of the cave? There is a group of men who have been chained all their lives and forced to look at the back of a cave. All they see then and all they recognize are the shadows reflected on the back of the cave. But one day one of them turns and looks towards the entrance, and he's dazzled, almost blinded by the light. That same light that was always there, just outside the entrance to the cave, casting those shadows that are all the members of his little group, his little tribe, his reduced puny world, have been able to see. The shadows that the cave dwellers take to be all that is real. COVID-19 has forced us to take refuge in those familiar caves that are our own homes. At this moment, we have to be thinking, when I come out of this cave... From this confinement in my own house, I'm going to be a more mature person, a much more harmonious individual, a much deeper soul than I have been until today. When I get out of this cave, I'm going to be a different man, a different woman. I'm not coming out of here the same person I was when I came in. What have I been wasting my life on, my life, my talent, my energy until today? This is a precious historical opportunity to change to create and to transform ourselves and our environment. We probably thought we were free until COVID-19 came and forced us into confinement. (laughs) But what if it is or could be precisely the opposite? What if this confinement or captivity was our liberation, our greatest opportunity to bloom and flourish right now where we are and once we go back into life in the open air? And when things get challenging and exasperating, and they will. Let's imagine that we're Robinson Crusoe, and we're going to leave this uncharted island transformed by all we learned as we adapted to these new circumstances. Isaac Newton took advantage of a moment when the bubonic plague struck England back in the 17th century, and he was no longer able to continue studying at Cambridge University. He had to isolate himself at home, just as we all have. And that was the time Newton finished rounding off some ideas he had been mulling over for months, maybe, until he gave us the law of universal gravitation, the fruit of his reflections amid the plague. Newton formulated the crucial principles that have sustained modern physics precisely at a time when he was forced to return to the farm he came from. And there... Far from the prestigious Cambridge University and its halls, bored and probably annoyed often by the cows and the sheep, the father of modern science allowed his prodigious mind to ponder on that legendary apple falling until he understood the mechanics of the universe better. From that little apple to the universe, in the silence of his forced isolation in the countryside. 
Imagine how wonderful it would be for us to come out of this confinement, out of this cave, with such a contribution to humanity. And why not? I say this with a grin in my lips, yes, still I say it with all my love and with a very healthy expectation. What if we came out of this confinement with that symphony, that novel, that theory, that business plan, that dream we haven't finished until today because we didn't have time to finish? Let us believe that, God willing, we are going to come out of these extraordinary and challenging days as perfected, optimized men, transformed women, fired up families and individuals, catapulted to heights that we have never suspected before. Because just as the world, we will never go back to being what we are now, even if we wanted to. But instead, each of us could become someone much, much more radiant than today. Thank you for listening. I'm Gabriel Porras, professional voiceover artist. Visit me at gabrielvoice.com and at radiantwhispers.com if you'd like to hear more.